Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want travel. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I know Kung Fu. You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Okay, now we're starting this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is the the first time we're we're doing this, well, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not true because we did the Halloween bargain bin episode. So that yeah, was but kind that, of the same flavor. Right, but that was three movies, mm-hmm. right? And this is unlimited a multi- movies. Yeah, this is a multitude of series and films that we did not devote an episode to in 2020. Yes. And depending on how we might want to structure this later, we might never cover these as a full-fledged episode. Um, one of the basic ideas would be that maybe these movies just didn't have enough action to warrant their own episode. Or maybe there's, you know, we just feel like covering it now while we can, so just to get it out of the way. Um, but yeah, like, we don't want to feel like we're not covering all our bases. Like, I'm sure there are a ton of movies that, you know, like, came out. Um, not, not just for 2020, obviously. Any movie that we've seen in the past year that we just did not have the chance to talk about or just completely dismissed because it's like, oh, there were two fight scenes and one of them was all CGI. So uh, <laughs> that's enough of a reason for us to just kind of glance over here. But uh, yeah, for today's episode, we'll just cover the movies that we should probably at least draw some attention to uh, and you should keep on your radar. But yes, they're probably not what you'd expect from a fight breakdown podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, there's, I saw a couple movies this year, and even prior to that, that I was thinking could probably fit the format of this episode. And, yeah, like, I feel like this has limit, unlimited potential, and that's why I'm a little bit worried about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, how about we start with something we both watched, mm-hmm. and something we've never covered in an episode is actually a TV series. Oh, oh I thought you were going to jump right into knockoff. <laughs> can't wait to talk about that uh yeah so yeah that's that's a good point tv is always gonna be a, a tricky one for us because as you guys may know there are some martial arts related television shows out there and we like how on earth do you cover every fight scene from that kind of format and you can't you really can't yeah. so uh, i guess we can kind of lightly talk about it and there's one particular show that won the hearts of everybody out there. It's the show about, it's a, a martial arts show that's on Netflix. Everybody loves it. You know, it, it's, uh, you know it, it's based off a very popular movie about a specific karate kid. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm talking, about, <laughs> I'm talking about Wu Assassins. Wu Assassins <laughs> was great. I, I think that movie, that show is, it, it just really shows off how uh, Iko's acting ability and how bad a script can possibly get. <laughs> you didn't make it through Wu Assassin. No, I did not. I did not. You did not. I'm so mad at you for <laughs> suggesting that we might talk about that series for an episode mm-hmm. because I forced my way through that show and I fucking hated it. Oh my god. <laughs> I I don't understand what happened. It it starts off well enough, you know, you know, you can't get mad at Eco for uh, being in an English language TV series, you know, he's he's still trying. Mm-hmm. It's it's not really his fault. 
And the first episode does feature, uh, you know, some elongated fight scenes with decent choreography. It's the story that just is this dumpster fire of a boring mess. And I I usually don't like to say this, but I, I kind of hope it doesn't get picked up for more episodes because I was not interested in anything going on in this show. Well, prior to the pandemic, I'm pretty sure that they already announced that season two was going to happen, which oh, I'm really? sure I, as soon as they announced it, you know, I could just hear you audibly screaming like, no. <laughs> uh yeah uh Ooh, assassins i only got up to episode two i i no but i i i, I completely agree that show is incredibly stupid it's mm. as if you know all of a sudden the supernatural elements of the show just appears out of nowhere and it does it literally does in episode one uh eco's running away and all of a sudden um the supernatural natural exposition ambushes him and that's how stupid the movie the whole show is I mean, you know, it's fine. You could have supernatural elements. I just, I hated the storytelling yeah. of it. The way all this information was uh, divulged to us. It just, I, I can't really explain it because it's been so long since I've watched it. But I just remember feeling utterly irritated as, <laughs> as the series went on. And if you want to watch uh, Eco punch a CGI boulder, you know, <laughs> like... Uh, what's his name chris redfield does in resident evil 5 then you know there there's your show sure sure well the the supernatural element itself is not the problem the problem is that like you said before the story is it, this is not how you tell a story <laughs> it is absolutely not and just from episode one alone i could tell that this whoever they hired as a screenwriter um clearly clearly isn't is an expert he knows exactly how to write and that's not sarcasm of course not well, uh, yeah, the, but before this, this is all that was all uh, subterfuge because what I originally wanted to talk about is obviously Cobra Kai. Cobra yeah, Kai, yeah. Uh, again, you know, Zero, I was actually surprised when you told me you watched Cobra Kai and your response to it. That was actually surprising to me. Yeah. Uh, so to be to be forward, when I heard about the Cobra Kai series, I rolled my eyes very, very hard, you know, because <laughs> They are obviously kind of capitalizing on the current nostalgia wave and excitement that's kind of going on with anything 80s, 90s related. Yep. And, you know, I get it. Uh, it. It's cool that they got all the original actors back and whatnot, but I guess I was partially suspect because it was a YouTube series first, mm -hmm. and I didn't really have high hopes for that as a platform. And I think that actually kind of showed i don't even think there are youtube originals now yeah. but oh, there netflix are. There are, but not, not, oh there yeah oh, okay. of course but you know like no one still no one talks about youtube and this is right, from a right. guy who actually has youtube premium <laughs> you guys can shame me all you want <laughs> well so i was very very hesitant to jump on you know to to watch this kind of nostalgia fair going on with you know with uh what's the name of it karate kid mm -hmm. And uh, I reluctantly watched the first episode and I was like, huh, okay, they're doing something different. You know, we're kind of focusing on the bad guys more. And what I ended up liking about the show is that it kind of blurs the line between, you know, like good guys and bad guys, good and evil, because we're essentially following, uh, what's his name, Johnny, who was the villain mm -hmm. of the first movie. So you know, when your main character is essentially the bad guy from another movie, it, it you know, like, it, it makes you feel weird. Yeah. But you kind of start to warm up to him because 
he is using the Cobra Kai martial arts to you know help these nerds so it's it's a it's an interesting thing yeah. and i surprisingly really got into it yeah yeah i think it, the, the the show is surprisingly it, it does the um, the whole karate gimmick effectively uh because like in in modern day setting you know, i guess today in today's eyes I, mean, I guess the traditional mcdojo setting that the original karate kid was set in looks a little cheesy by today's standards so that did a good job at modernizing that and making mm-hmm. karate, karate look menacing again, or like look like Asha has a threat to it, um, right? Or even like useful. Yeah, you useful. Know, like yeah. it. It stays in. The, it always stays in the realm of the karate martial arts. Sometimes veering into some more, you know, like MMA ish or like wrestling moves for you know for those for that flash right. when you have the choreography. But it's still they they still apply like the concepts behind martial arts. Mm-hmm to the storyline which i think is nice right so uh the show does do the drama pretty well i think that's actually the strongest point of it in terms of the action uh which is very surprising because guys look look back to the original karate kid movies we we, we've covered them on our program they don't they're not they're not like the highest art when it comes to action obviously right those those are basically it's rocky but with with karate (laughs) essentially what those movies are right so the fact that this show has any sort of choreography at all is actually very surprising right i yeah i was actually expecting it to be more along the lines of how the movies filmed fights where it was very very simple you know shot reverse shot Mm -hmm. shot reaction of kick punch (laughs) yeah and I was I was almost expecting to be embarrassed by the right. fighting, mm-hmm. considering that both actors, uh, you know, reprising their roles, they are, you know, they're much older. Mm-hmm. They don't do too much fighting. Right. Uh, they kind of leave it to the hands of the, the younger actors, which is cool. And uh, to jump ahead a little bit, I was very surprised at how season two ended. <laughs> you were surprised. I was not happy with it. <laughs> I really don't like the way season two ends. It, it, it for a... For an action fanatic, yeah, maybe if you blindly love like all out all out fights, uh, then yeah, like that's that's probably what you're waiting for. But you know, remember, this is a Karate Kid uh, spinoff, right? This is a continuation of what the Karate Kid was like. So if you're setting yourself in the context of that universe, it feels very out of place, right? Like, and and that's and that's coming from a action standpoint, but also story standpoint. It's like nothing this dire has ever happened in the entirety of the entire series. Like this like amped it up to a level where I felt like it this doesn't really feel like Karate Kid anymore. Hmm. Uh, and I've, I mean, I've seen the fucking I, Hillary Swank one, so I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. In that second film, I felt like they were fighting to the death. Yes, but th- so... it still didn't feel like what you see in season two. Season two got into the melodrama a little bit too much, and you end up hating everyone. <laughs> uh so not only are they fighting each other but you're fighting with the characters to still think of them as redeemable right right, right. so i uh so i think for me what i really enjoyed about that last episode of season two so kind of spoiling it but not really is like you mentioned it ends on a brawl mm-hmm. and i think what i liked about that is the technical aspect because you do still have child actors and they're fighting mm-hmm. And if you go back and rewatch it, I think they did it cleverly to kind of do camera tricks to hide, um, kind of putting the actors aside and having the stunt performers step in 
doing the crazier stuff like like the hits and the throws against the lockers because you need to protect those kids you can't have them doing certain types of choreography because you know those are your stars right yeah, there right right of course you know like that, that that's to be expected but uh for the fact that they actually got any sort of uh, stunt person to do more uh, elaborate uh, bits of action for the show actually shows that they actually went above and beyond to to really pump up the action and again you don't really go into the show expecting the action to be great uh, and it's not it's not like fantastic but you know you get like you get more than your money's worth which is you know you get a little bit of you know like a really good well-paced story uh and very complex characters and they, like you're you're in it for the ride but then you know having some good fighting in it you know it feels like the icing on the cake so cobra kai i recommend uh even though i don't like season two uh, and Wu assassins i highly recommend <laughs> you didn't even finish it <laughs> I can't. I can't. I will one day. I will one day. And we can do it. Go. I want you to know my pain. <laughs> I really want you to know my pain. Right. There's a. There's. There are. Uh, there are two other TV shows that I have yet to finish. One of which I know you've watched. Zero. I'm trying. I'm. I'm sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh, no, the one being uh, Into the Badlands, and I really mm. do want to talk about that one day because uh, I watched a couple episodes of season one. And I liked it. I remember liking it a lot, but I kept thinking to myself, how on earth do you make a show about this? This is this it, is so stretched thin. It's that, yeah, Into the Badlands is very, very high concept in terms of how they decided to adapt the Journey to the West mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. Like you have, man, man you kind of caught me off guard. I didn't even <laughs> realize you were going to mention this. Sorry. Yeah. Um, they create, you know, they create their own, you know, terminology for a lot of things and i i feel that can be a danger when you're creating your own mythos and your own world building like people you know everyone wants to create their own words but then like if your show doesn't catch on you just kind of sound (laughs) stupid saying these things but uh, i think what worked for me very well for season one was the the fights i thought they were very very well choreographed even better than like a lot of like american uh, film fights I've seen, yeah. so I was just the the story. The story, uh, I it was kind of throwaway for me. I think I just stayed uh, for every episode because I thought the choreography and the fights were just so well done right. on that on that first season. Mm, yeah, I, I I do have to finish that. I think I got up to like episode four and five, and I just thought, okay, the fighting's good. But I the story is basically written by a fifteen year old. So <laughs> I'm like, how how on earth can you keep watching this? Yeah, and unfortunately for me, I I went, I got through the second season and the fight quality went down, mm. but the production value went up. Huh. So like they were kind of expanding on the world building a little better. It felt more post-apocalyptic. You know, it looked it looked a lot a lot nicer with a with the set design and the the costume design. But I just I didn't care for the story, mm-hmm. and then the the fights weren't really that great for right. me. So I did not continue with season three, which I believe was the last one. Yeah, I know they didn't get picked up for another season, which you know actually took them took the cast and crew by surprise as well. Uh, I, I want to say it's a shame, and I, I I think they had the right idea, the right intentions there. But yeah, like, again, I only got up to episode four, and I was like, okay, I, I don't know how you can watch a show 
where the story is so stretched thin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of a series that ends with season three, did you watch uh, Warrior at all? Ah, yeah. No, I, I saw. I, oh my god, I sound like I'm. I guess in terms of television, I'm not so dedicated as I am with movies. But yes, mm -hmm. I, I did watch a couple episodes of Warrior, and then I also gave up on that too. But the reason why I did I gave up on that show is because of writing. The writing is so atrocious. Uh, I this is this is my my personal belief. I I don't think that you should write every character like literally every character in your show to be ultra angsty. Like every di every piece of dialogue that comes out of a character's mouth should not be aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. <laughs> and that's what Warrior <laughs> feels like. And I, I I know that they. They marketed the hell out of that that show uh, as if it's literally taken out of the works of Bruce Lee's writings, his memoirs, uh, when he was pitching the idea. Um, but it doesn't really feel like that at all to me because, like, the, the final product just feels like, again, also like a ultra angsty teenage boy right, trying to make his character sound really edgy. It's like the ultimate edgelord <laughs> television show where everyone has <laughs> I, this like aspirations to be the best kung fu master. Yeah. Right. Uh, I tried a few episodes and I think what was not doing it for me was the cinematography. Mm -hmm. uh, it just seemed like a lot of the action and a lot of the story was taking place at night. Mm -hmm. I think they were going for that realistic lighting of the time. So everything was lit by torch or, you know, lit by, you know, like lanterns and whatnot. Right. You know, sure, very moody. But as I've said many, many times, if you're going to have a fight in the dark, like that is just so irritating to me because I want to, you know, I want to see everything. Yep. I want to see those moves. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I wasn't seeing any fight scenes that were, you know, really pulling me in. If you're going to have a TV show that is based on the, you know, the writings or the memoirs or whatever of Bruce Lee, mm -hmm. You know, you know, martial arts fans, you know, their ears are going to burn. It's like, ooh, you know, it's got to be good, at least good fighting, right. right? And I didn't see anything that was enticing me personally. So it, it just kind of fell off. I watched a few episodes yeah. and decided not to go forward. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I, I like the concept of the show. Uh, I, I like the, not the world building, obviously, because it's supposedly taking place as a, a fictional, a historical fiction of Chinese Americans moving into, you know, uh, like coming coming across the, the, the pond for uh, to start a new life here and getting mixed up in like the triads and whatnot <clears throat> I, I i believe that's a great premise it's just the the right the, the kid the dialogue is so on the nose it's like look at me i'm so edgy so uh like by well i do think that one day i'm gonna give it another chance and maybe we can talk about it more in detail or maybe next year <laughs> when i actually have more uh clout and what right i kind of want to give it a chance because i know there are um you know martial artists on the show mm -hmm. that i didn't get to see in any fights like i like joe taslim from the raid he's one of the characters in there so i was you know thinking okay maybe i could wait it out and see his fight scene at least mm -hmm. and you know see if it uh piques my interest so i might circle back around right, to that right. one well uh i was gonna i was gonna say that was the other television show that we could you know that I was gonna refer to uh but i actually just this week i started picking up martial law again <laughs> with sammo with sammo hung wow man wow I, it's it was it's uh it's online and i was like oh shit i just i was just browsing and i just saw it. i'm like oh shit it's it's available so i was like i, I don't remember which what service it was was it I'm pretty sure it was amazon i don't remember i don't remember it probably just appeared like all all the other movies we watched <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh so yeah uh i started watching it again I'm like this show is incredibly 90s 
Mm-hmm. And each it, it really is one of those uh, like villain of the week uh, shows, obviously, you know, because that, that, that's right. the it's basically a cop procedural with Samuel Hung in it. Yes. And unfortunately, those every episode he's trying to catch, you know, this type of criminal yeah. and he defeats them with Kung Fu. Yeah, basically, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so even to this day, Samo's English is not that great. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's actually part of the reason why that show got canceled so early was because uh, unlike Jackie, who's who was making his breaking his way through in America, Samo, like he tried to do the same, but because he because of the fact that he's in a TV show where he's starring, the fact that he cannot speak a word of English actually was probably probably the primary reason why that show was canceled. Because you know, like mm-hmm. you, you need a character who can actually talk, and they gave him. Yeah, no I was dialogue. gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say it seemed like he was the the lead actor and not so much yeah. uh, like the sidekick yeah. or like part of a duo. Why, the reason why Wash Hour works is because, you know, at least Chris Tucker is the fast-talking American who can, you know, kind of keep the story moving along with dialogue. Like, you can't have, like, if, if Rush Hour was just Jackie Chan, you know, solve, <laughs> you know solving that movie by himself, that might have been a little difficult right. well, to sit for American audiences. Yeah, anyway. yeah, so what they do in the show is they, they use other characters to explain everything. It's like, but... Oh, like Wu Assassins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Ego. laughs> and we should bring it all back. Yeah, uh, I, I do rec- recommend Martial Law uh, just because some of the fighting on that show is really good. It, it's actually even better than all the other TV shows we just mentioned. <laughs> somehow, uh, well, maybe, maybe no. I still I still say that the fighting's better than Into the the Badlands, just because it real it just feels so gritty and it's it's Sammo Hung's trademark action, right? Like you know it, when he does the action choreography, how how much power he has behind everything. Yeah, and that, that's why I like. I was gonna. Life. I was gonna say, is it? Do you know if it's definitely his team that's working on it? I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is because you know, uh, like I saw some behind the scenes. I, I recognize some of the the cast and crew that like by face that's on his uh, uh, his stunt team. So yeah, but I do think that uh, like martial law, unfortunately, doesn't. There's not many episodes. I, I didn't finish it yet, and I do think that uh, I definitely will. And unfortunately. It is one of those shows where, well, if we were doing our usual format, I'd say just watch fight scenes and don't watch the show because the show's kind of bleh. I'm, I'm really, I'm basically just wa- wait. I'm just on my phone and just waiting for the next fight scene. <laughs> I'm watching it because it's not a movie. It's not like two hours and you're out. You're just like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's like something to put on in the background, yeah. and then when something kind of you know gets your attention, you stop looking yep. at your phone and then you yeah, watch basically. it. Yeah, I, I have I have some shows like that. Yeah. So first world millennial problems <laughs> uh yeah so so speaking of samo hung should we talk about my lucky stars oh yeah i forgot to put that on my list but yeah let's let's talk about that because um so i know during the pandemic scott atkins did a virtual zoom commentary for that right yes that's what it was yeah and and we were both invited well we we both signed up to be part of that 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 call but then well no you no, the context behind this was you zero told me like mm-hmm. oh scott atkins is going to be doing this thing for i was the like commentary yeah, i was like yeah. oh for what movie and he's like my lucky stars i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> What do you? What? I've never I've never seen the film, so you know I'm going on w- any sort of comments you have to tell me now, at the moment. Yeah, I was I was very confused. I'm like, what? My lucky? St- you mean the boring movie? He's like, he's like, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? And then so we I, I sat you down and we watched yeah. it. And and so as we were watching, I was like, what are you talking about? This opens with Jackie and Yoon Bio. Yeah, like, it's great. You know, in 
in the amusement park. This is a great fight scene. You know, this is a great little, you know, and, you know, the car stunt in the beginning is really fun. And then we get introduced to the Lucky Stars. Yeah, Sam O'Hallan is a, a main feature of the movie, and he barely does any fighting till the end. Oh my god, yeah, this, that I, I could completely understand why you were very uh, confused? worried about. Yeah, confused, <laughs> because not only was Scott Atkins supposed to supply commentary, uh, in addition to someone else, I don't, I don't know who it was, but as we continue to watch the film, we notice there is like an entire like Hour? sexual... Well, I was going to say, there's an entire scene devoted to the... Uh, kind of sexual assault of the lead female character yeah but it's played for laughs so ha 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 ha. played for laughs ha 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 rape is funny ha 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 oh god yeah very 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 uncomfortable yeah but not only is the movie boring but it's also incredibly rapey so it's it's why on earth were we watching this and i i couldn't even imagine sitting through this movie again and also having someone commentate over how boring the movie is and i even heard some people say after the fact that all all scott atkins did was talk about the making of of the movie i mean i think it's what you have to do Yeah, because nothing happens in the the middle portion not, not middle portion the 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 seven eighths of the movie where nothing happens <laughs> because it's literally i would say five minutes of action in the beginning and then mm-hmm. maybe a th- 15 minutes of action at the end out of your hour and a half movie <laughs> yeah the it's like a shit sandwich right? well, i was just i was just gonna put that out analogy but it's <laughs> it, but a uh, shit would imply that it's like something interesting's there it's more like wet paint sandwich it's like you put the you, no you have dried paints and you take two loaves of bread and just squish it together and there's nothing interesting about this and there's no nutritional substance nah there you go and there are it s- will actually hurt you if you <laughs> ingest dried paint. <laughs> well zero we can always sit through scott atkins commentary on the sequels because there are like three of them oh i didn't know <laughs> oh, right right yeah. twinkle, twinkle, i've, I've never seen any of that was my first experience with lucky stars um just as a testament to what you guys are talking so you guys know what i'm talking about i sat through uh my lucky stars like four times before i can actually sit through it <laughs> before i can complete it and i watched that movie three times and each time i have to watch it in segments <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i was very confused but hey you know scott atkins you know he, he, did, he did a great thing by doing the commentary on it it is a good movie when it comes to the action in the beginning and the end but seriously just skip everything else just don't watch just don't watch, watch the fight scenes online basically. there's some great action at the end when it just becomes your typical yep. you know hong kong mm-hmm. hong kong cinema awesome stunts yep. throwing guys over the you know the railing they're landing on the first floor mm-hmm. from the second floor you get a small little fight with cost you know like uh amusement park costume performers we you know with the big heads it's uh, yeah the, there's lots of fun the stuff the very man. beginning when like jackie is climbing down the ferris wheel is just ridiculous <laughs> it's great but it, it's it's great all in all um yeah unfortunately like you said there's all that wet paint in the way so get, don't 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 bother mm-hmm. uh man so how do we go from here well <laughs> because we just have to be masters of transitions for this episode uh i guess we, since we're on the topic of hong kong movies we should talk we maybe mm-hmm. we could talk about this great documentary that we watched that documents hong kong uh movies mm-hmm. and it's the strangest documentary format that i've seen in a while because 
it well let, let's just give the title of the movie first uh, of the documentary it's called red trousers uh with robin shu uh well he's in the documentary and the basically the whole thing gives off a lot of context of like how hong kong action is mostly directed uh performed coordinated all ever all the little, little minutia and, and how things are done behind the scenes and it's great it's great for that fact but on top of it they actually made a they made action specifically for the documentary like a movie within a movie yeah yeah it they kind of like cut back and forth between documentary and this kind of short film that they filmed yep. starring robin shu and uh, another uh, female actress i don't know who that was <laughs> But yeah, I think I think the great thing about it was, uh, you know, like if you're not familiar with, uh, you know, Hong Kong action, they were just highlighting like, hey, people get hurt really, really yeah. bad for these stunts. Oh, yeah. And you, you can see how a lot of the, you know, the current uh, Hollywood stunt teams were just heavily, heavily influenced by the by the 80s and 90s Hong Kong movies. Yeah. And like they, they like they always reference them like like Scott Atkins has been doing his uh, Art of Action series on YouTube, and he's been getting, like, a few of the Hong Kong guys, and, like, everything that they've kind of been mentioning uh, is also uh, mentioned in this documentary. Yeah, well. yeah, which is which is weird, because uh, before I found this documentary and we, we I showed it to you, I, I, I don't feel like no one's ever mentioned this documentary before. No one's really yeah. mentioned this movie at all, and I think it's such a great watch. And I've seen a couple of, like, really valuable martial arts documentaries out there, um... And actually, uh, not, not to completely bulldoze over Red Trousers, but I just watched some, one that you could find on Netflix right now. It's uh, Iron Fist and Kung Fu Flicks. Yeah, that's a great one, too. Yeah, I, I sent that to you guys when it first came out, and I think you might have missed the message. Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched it. Interesting. Yeah, I like I like that one a yeah. lot, too. That That's like a more, mo yeah. I mean, it literally just came out. So it's a very, very modern look at, uh, yeah, at, uh, martial arts films. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, lingers a little too long on the Bruce Lee stuff, yeah. but you know, like they they are kind of covering the gamut, the gamut of martial arts in general. Yeah, martial it, arts films in general. It, so. It's a little broad, but I do I, I, I find that the way that that documentary ended uh, a little strange. But I guess it kind of makes sense in what direction they're they're trying to foresee martial arts movies going towards. You know, because obviously what's past is past. You know what what went on. You know the, the whole the whole ups and downs of martial the martial arts industry and film. You know, like it's already been it's already happened. Like Shaw Brothers, Bruce Lee, Jackie, uh, Golden. You know, during the Golden Harvest era and modern era. Uh, but then you can't really predict what's happening in the future but according to the movie you know like the, i guess the future is like uganda and, and you know other other african countries or like india and such uh it, it's interesting but like i felt like that ending was like oh it's weird that you guys are trying to predict the future <laughs> like yeah, rather than yeah. like saying like oh what's currently happening because you know like when they said like oh thailand and indonesia which is relatively recent is like oh that makes sense that you're talking about this but then they're talking about things that's like wow uganda's gonna be the next big thing and i'm like that be that's wishful thinking but mm -hmm. that's not like it's weird that you're ending it this way because like, that's not necessarily true so if it feels like the either but who knows maybe tomorrow uganda's gonna be the next <laughs> they're bringing out the next uh, uh bruce lee um yeah and, and it's uh, like watching that I think that you should definitely give that, that documentary a watch. Uh, there's another movie that's actually kind of hard to come by. It's called uh, Films of Fury by Rick Myers. And that makes this documentary actually makes that documentary completely obsolete. So, yeah, but I, I think that's a good watch all in all. So watch Iron Fist and Kung Fu Flicks. Um, 
yeah so i i don't i don't have any more documentaries to to recommend right now <laughs> i maybe we can actually go back to our usual format which is talking about movies mm-hmm. movies that we well we were we were kind of talking about I, movies we started with my lucky stars that's true yeah. no, is that a movie so, is that a movie zero <laughs> sorry uh you know uh you know a paint sandwich, <laughs> yes, a paint sandwich. <laughs> all right well how about we just get into it how about we talk about knockoff <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad we can finally get to it knockoff mm. is a, a movie about cocaine <laughs> and what havoc it wreaks on the body and how you can't hide the fact that you're high on cocaine and now now we should actually talk about the movie story so uh the premise behind that horrible joke is that uh so the knockoff stars jean-claude van damme and this is a cherry hawk hark movie right am i remembering correctly and um jean-claude van damme this is the last movie he was in uh that he starred in where he was allegedly high on like addicted to cocaine right he so during the movie while you and I were watching it, we were, watch- we were, we were noticing how incredibly wired <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme was throughout the whole thing. And we're like, is he high? It's like, and, I was like, and you're like, no, he can't be. But then we realized like, he hasn't blinked the entire movie. <laughs> and like his eyes well, are I mean, fixated on Rob Schneider. Right. Well, when you watch the movie, it kind of feels like everybody was on coke. Because the this... I mean, it's kind of uh, indicative of uh, Chewie Hawk's uh, filming style of that time. Like when you watch his movies, they are so high energy, high edited, very high, like very stylized as well. Like his fight scenes, like there's so much energy behind them, despite how messy they kind of are or sometimes how over edited they are. So I feel like maybe they were feeding off of each other. Maybe they were all just doing coke together hard to tell <laughs> well i think didn't uh didn't john claude van damme get arrested at the airport for like smuggling something I, oh wow i don't want to misquote this because i but like the, he apparently got arrested because of some bad habits that he developed from his cocaine addiction allegedly uh mm-hmm. so that was his wake-up call to get off of it but this movie is the embodiment of everything before that and you could just tell like john claude is just he's not there <laughs> his brain is not there he was so intense like and the entire time we were watching it, you and I just kept going. He is so high. <laughs> he is so high. Well, I mean, the writers of this film had to be high. They fucking blow up the giant Buddha statue in Hong Kong. <laughs> in Hong Kong. Oh my god! There's just so many questionable things going on. In this when movie. we were watching it, I was like, "Hell, I was right there. I was standing right there." <laughs> Like like that rickshaw race where oh, Van yeah. Dam is pulling Rob Schneider <laughs> and Rob Schneider is just whipping Van Dam as they're you know as they're racing. I was I was like, who comes up with this stuff? Yeah, uh, the little hand to hand fighting that I remember from that movie, it's not too memorable. Uh, mostly because it, it's edited in a way that is palatable for Western audiences, which is throw the film in the air and start cutting it up it's just all over yes, the place yes. I'm, I'm not really a fan of that obviously so yeah there's really not much to talk about with that just watch it because sean claude van damme is so high <laughs> and that's the only reason to watch it so then what did you think of double oh my team? god we gotta talk about all the all the jean claude movies uh because double team is 
fan-fucking-tastic. I love that movie. But I always confuse it with Double Impact for some reason. Right, right. Yeah. Different different John Collin fan yeah. damn films. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't... Yeah. So I wanted to show you that movie because I remember it being so silly. And to my surprise, as we were watching it, it turned out it was so bad it's good. Yeah. You know, yeah thankful. Of course. Uh, we're, yeah. we're talking about so, the Dennis Rodman So, so entertaining. Right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I've seen it before. I saw, I watched it before. and I, I, I've seen it before, too, but I never thought it was so bad it's good. I remember just thinking, like, man, this is so stupid. I love yeah. it. And I showed it to people, and I felt I lost friendships because of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like, I stuck with it. I was like, no, this is awesome. Zero. It's got Dennis Rodman. If, if someone doesn't appreciate the fact that Mickey Rourke can step on a landmine, blow up a tiger that's attacking him while... A, while Dennis Rodman and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme are running away from an explosion inside the, uh, the Roman, Coliseum Roman Coliseum while Coliseum. fire is erupting, and, uh, engulfing them, but they stop it with the Coke machine that just happens to be there. They are not your friends. That's true. <laughs> they are not, they are very, not people, true. okay? Uh, <laughs> that movie is so ridiculous. And yeah, it, it's very over the top, not in a knockoff kind of way. Knockoff is just, it, it's entertaining because you're just staring at Jean-Claude staring at his hands the entire movie. Whereas <laughs> Double Im- Impact or Double Team? No, Double, double team. team. Double oh, I always fucking fuck those two up. Jean, Jean-Claude Van Damme, don't, 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 don't make two movies the same, uh, similar titles like that. Um, yeah, Double Team is, yeah, it's just ridiculous uh, from beginning to end. I thought, I thought it was very entertaining. Uh, uh, yes, obviously, on a so bad it's good level, but yeah, I, I, but unfortunately, again, it doesn't have much in ways of the martial arts. So again, we couldn't cover that. But I'm glad we can actually co- talk about it at least briefly. Uh, oh, so I guess we're let's get, let's keep this train going with the so bad it's good movies. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Chinese super ninjas. <laughs> Do you remember this at no, all? No, but I want to talk about okay. it. Okay, like. How are we going to talk about it if you don't uh, I mean, I, I remember it being kind of like cheesy. Oh, and this, there are these two movies that we watched, Chinese Super Ninjas and was it, oh, shoot, what was the other one? Uh, the Tattoo Connection? Tattoo yes, Connection. We, watch we watched the them back to back. Yeah. And uh, like, I'll obviously choose this one. I'll choose Super Ninjas over Tattoo Connection any day because I remember how bored we were watching Tattoo Connection. Um, mm-hmm. And I guess the only reason why I could mention Tattoo Connection real briefly is because we want to give Jim Kelly a chance. Jim mm-hmm. Kelly, you know, for obvious reasons, is an important figure in martial arts film history. But for our format, we're like, we want to see him in his in his prime, like to see what he's capable of. And it seems like that movie was not a good display of it. So I think I think it just made Chinese Super Ninjas two look so much better in comparison. <laughs> I mean, Chinese Super Ninjas two. It, it didn't elevate itself enough to become so bad it's good. It is very, very silly with the story and some of the things going on. Like, they completely rip off the Darth Vader theme and, like, throw it in there at one point. Yeah. Uh, I think the only memorable moment for me, though, was when the two uh, female women get in a ring, douse each other in oh, oil, yeah. and start <laughs> wrestling. Like, that's it. That's all I remember from that movie. Well, how can you forget that? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Uh, geez, let's see what else. Well, I, I don't know if this is gonna be a complete 180. Yeah, turn. Just keep, just go. Just let's just 180 keep going. 180 turn. There, I see on your list right now. You actually have some animated movies uh, on this list, and I actually yeah. don't know. 
So one thing that we've kind of debated behind the scenes with the three of us, and Mark, I know he's been quiet this whole time. No, he's not here today. But <laughs> between the three of us, I'm actually the outlier here. I actually don't think we should talk too much on anime. Like we shouldn't devote too much time on animated features. Like sorry, we're ruling out things like Kung Fu Panda and the Neza movie on Netflix and whatnot. But there's two things on this list I see, or maybe just one thing on this list I see that I fucking love. And it's the first on your list. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, uh, thankfully for many people who've never seen it, went on to Netflix this year. And man, the uh, the fandom of that like got reinvigorated because it, you know, it was just introduced to like, a, you know, a whole bunch of people who've just never seen it before. Pretty not not so old, but, uh, you know, a, a, teen, a tweens show, martial arts, uh, supernatural element uh, story that originated on Nickelode the Nickelodeon network. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I think it never went on a str streaming service until it went on Netflix. I, well, I, think. I think it was on Amazon, but you have to pay for it at the time. And then, oh, okay, yeah, okay. I, like, I ain't doing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, like I I was hesitant to do cover any animated features just because like, well, it's animated, right? You can make any animation do anything, right? Like, uh, like one-, one Yeah, but there's still, a, there's still skill needed uh, behind it. Of course, that. of course, but- uh, I've seen a lot of poorly animated fights. <laughs> You are not wrong about that, but that then it becomes a, a skill when it comes to uh, like what the animators can do rather than the physicality of what the martial artists can do. And you know, like to be fair, you know, like they're still demonstrating martial arts, but for the uh, for the sake of our format, it's like, wow, did you? Wasn't it awesome when he fire bent? It's like, well, that's not possible. So, <laughs> well, I think uh, for me as a martial arts fan, what is really impressive about Avatar is they have they you know they even have their own martial arts um i guess coordinator mm -hmm. I, I forget what the title is right. um but somebody to somebody that the team goes to to um i guess like correct their forms like in the drawings sure. and make making sure they get the movements right and everything because the four elements that the you know the world is bending uh actually adhere to certain styles yes. of martial arts yeah. i know that um like earthbending, for example, is indicative of like hanga, and uh, like like obviously Shaolin style is like like earth, like wind bend, uh, air bending. Sorry, wow. Uh, and you know, like you can actually see all, there's a, there's a lot of intricacies in the martial arts of the show, and you know, like we we I guess we don't really cover it obviously for multiple reasons, but you know, I I think the show's amazing. I'm not a fan of Korra uh, as a character and the show, um, but I'd say maybe check that out as well. And uh, I'm actually, but I am a, actually a huge fan of, of the, the universe that they set it in. I'm so much so that I'm actually listening to the audiobook for Kyoshi. And I actually like it a lot. So, you know, like, again, but like, I'm just listening to them like, wow, they're fighting. But it's not the same as actually seeing real life performers. And that's right. where I, I was actually a little bit skeptical, like hopeful and skeptical at the same time when they announced they're going to do the live action one. Uh, not the M. Night Shyamalan one, which doesn't exist. Obviously, that movie does not yes. exist. Uh, mm -hmm. We're talking about the live-action one that they're going to be released on Netflix. and the. But news came out that the original creators that were supposed to work on the live-action have dropped off. Yep. So, you know, red flag right. if there ever was and, one. Well, that's even if they didn't drop off, I just thought to myself, it's the same thing. It, yeah, we, we've yes. had this discussion. Like, 
the, the show is great, you know, like, I, I don't need to see a live-action version of it because, you know, it stands up as its own thing. I can understand a movie adaptation a, attempting A movie adaptation? That, <laughs> that movie adaptation? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, see, like, in the universe that they set up in that, well, universe, uh, there are thousands upon thousands of lifetimes of avatars. Why do we have to keep on focusing on the same one? Like there are tons of stories you can draw from this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've expanded the stories. Uh, you know, you're listening to the audiobook. They've they do graphic novels that continue the story of Aang, Sokka, Katara, Zuko, Everybody. and friends. Everybody. Uh, I I like Legend of Korra. Uh, I like that it's not Aang anymore. You know, there because it's nice to see some new people in that world. I actually stopped Korra at season three though. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I love how season three ends. <laughs> so Spoiler alert! It's, it's a super, super yeah. downer, and I, I just like, ah. Oh, so that's so that's how it ends. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it like that for me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think that if they're gonna do a live action, like, I, I'm being hopeful. Okay, I'm gonna have some sort of um, reserve judgment for the live action. Like, I'm sure. Uh, it'll still stand where uh, my, my feelings in that yeah you know, like if you're, you're you're just gonna rehash the story then my feelings are still gonna be saying like what is the point of retelling a story that's barely 15 years old i think it is 15 years old mm-hmm. or whatever like it's barely like two decades old it's like the same exact story right so what's the point but if they they show actual martial arts uh i think that'd be very interesting because i think that the the idea of like just having people do tricking style uh, or like some sort of like uh, demonst- um, exhibition style martial arts and just having CG fire and earth bend around them. I think that's a really good, uh, like, great idea on paper. So, did you see the live action movie? Did you see what it they doesn't did exist? That? Zero. That does not exist. <laughs> I kind of want to talk about well, movies that don't really fit as a martial arts genre, but they do have martial arts in it. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at your list, okay. and I, I'm glad that mm-hmm. you saw Extraction. Did, I watched did it. you watch yeah, it? I actually watched it this week, actually. Oh, okay, okay. I've, I've always wanted to watch it. Oh, okay, it. cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Extraction is kind of falling under the lines of that, you know, gritty tactical action. Uh, it's, more, it's more of a war-ish film. But then there is there are a few moments where hand to hand combat is necessary because of the close quarters mm-hmm. of the situation. Right. Yeah. Th- that grit that you mentioned before, I think it's very necessary for that kind of movie. Um, and I do appreciate that Liam's Liam's Liam or Chris. God damn, I always forget Chris Hemsworth, right? I always forget which yeah, is Chris which. Hemsworth. It does it doesn't matter. So uh, mm-hmm. Thor is basically being the shit out of everyone. And it really is him, right? And I, if I remember yeah. correctly, he got the same training that Keanu did for um, in that tactical field that he, he did all his uh, his um, uh, artillery training in. And it definitely shows. Like, he definitely has that ferocity that you, you want in this, but still being his own distinct style, unlike the John Wick movies, which, like, Keanu has a particular way of moving. Um, he's, it's John, John Wick, the character, like the way that <clears throat> Keanu portrays him, uh, his physicality is more like, okay, what is my tactical way of getting through this? Uh, Chris Hemsworth, his is like, yes, it's tactical. Uh, the choreography at least, you know, like makes him look like very uh, strategic, but he has a lot of brute strength behind everything. And I, I do mm-hmm. appreciate that. Like they really translated that in, into the action for him. Right. I think 
what John Woo does, or John Woo, John Wick does, uh, they've carved out this very visual niche for themselves where it's like uh, gun and martial arts movements yep. combined. Like, the, you know, people have said like, kind of like gun kata, kind of like gun BJJ in, in, in a sense. Uh, this movie, it, it doesn't do that, but I still love the fact that it feels a little more realistic where John Woo can kill anybody because he, you know, they have built up that mythos behind him. In Extraction, it's more like he is getting hurt a lot and you see him wearing down a lot. And I think that's kind of what makes me like the character a little more or like, or I wanted to see him extract yeah. the kid because, Title drop. you know, by the end of that movie, yeah, by the end of that movie, you are exhausted because they are just getting beaten down with gunfire and artillery and whatnot. And, you know, you, you end up liking the kid. You know, you end up kind of liking their relationship. And one thing I wanted to point out in the movie Extraction is Chris Hemsworth. Hel Helmsworth? Hemsworth? Chris Hemsworth beats up children. Oh, yeah. <laughs> at one point in the movie, which he I thought really was great. He beat them up. He more Not like disarms them, kind of. No, he beats them to a pulp. He puts Jackie to a shame. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of gunplay in it, and I think that kind of overrides how much hand-to-hand -hand combat there is. Any hand-to-hand -hand combat there is in the movie is kind of edited, or... It, it's not over-edited, right? It's not it's not a fucking Taken, which, like, as much as people love those movies, like, I think I take a lot of umbrage to the fact that, like, they're so over-edited, you can't make a lot make out a lot of the hand-to-hand -hand combat. Uh, and Extraction's not that extent, you know, but, you know, the they do edit around the fact that the hand-to-hand -hand stuff isn't Chris Hem Hem that that now you have to make me make me do it. Chris Hemsworth is not a skilled hand-to-hand -hand, uh, tactician, but you know they make him look really good. Um, and uh, I think again it also works to the style of the movie. It's like it's not overly complicated choreography. It's more like fast and effective, but gritty, like but gory, yes. you know, uh, but not overly mm -hmm. gory. It's not the raid. I, I've, I've actually. I've seen a couple of reviews of this movie comparing it to The Raid, and I was like, that's not even remotely accurate. You can't compare the two because The Raid <laughs> is just a, a bloodshed movie. It's like, it's just gore left mm -hmm. and right. This is not that extreme, but still good. You know? the, the gore in this movie is real to the scenario yes, of the yes, situation. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't feel gratuitous. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's, um, Zero, let's, let's branch off a little bit. I, can you talk about sure. any movies that I haven't seen? I actually see a couple of movies here mm -hmm. that I probably, I don't think I've seen. Right. Before. So I watched mm -hmm. Vanguard, Jackie Chan's movie that was supposed to come out uh, in the beginning of the year for Chinese New Year. Obviously COVID happened and it got delayed and it, you know, it finally came out. And it is, you know, satisfactory. I was expecting it to be very, very forgettable. Um, I think it's, uh, is it Benny? Ch I think it's Benny Chan's oh, last film right. before he passed away. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's nice because Jackie Chan is playing the senior member, you know, like the head of this elite team. And it gives opportunities for, you know, the younger actors mm -hmm. to do their thing. There are definitely some decent uh, moments of choreography for all of them. Uh, I think the issue is it's it's just kind of forgettable. I was just I was just surprised how competent everything was. Um, I, I wanted it to elevate a little more into something else. Like maybe it should have gotten a little more crazy because it ends in that way. What ends up happening is there's a car chase with golden vehicles. And one of the good guys is 
on a jet is on a jetpack and he's chasing them these golden cars around Dubai. It's fucking ridiculous. I wish there was more of that. There, there you know, it should have just went over like, the top. Like, with uh, that sounds like Fast and Furious Seven. Yeah, it 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 kind of this whole ending could felt like it could have been taken out of like a oh, Fast and the Furious boy. movie. Okay, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about yeah. that because uh, I'm actually not the biggest fan right. of that series. Neither am I a fan of Jackie's more modern films. Uh, yeah, just something about him getting older is that's not the problem. It's the fact that like in order to compensate for that, like for some reason they think that they can't ha- have good action, so they're also gonna dumb down the stories too. Those those stories for his newer movies are so bad. <laughs> right. This is definitely a step up and a step in the right direction. You know, he's very obviously getting older. I think what he should be doing, which is what I feel what was happening in this movie, is he's he's like in it for the star power and the name recognition. He gets little moments to shine, but he is ultimately kind of promoting these new actors or these new performers yeah. and, and you know like letting them have letting right. them do yeah. that. I mean, there, there's two directions that Jackie can go, right? He, he can be the barely doing any action, just take, be, take me seriously as a actor approach, like the Kung Fu Kid or uh, the Foreigner, which also, you know, he does some action in that, but, you know, it's pretty subdued. Like, you're in, you're in it to watch him, his, him for his dramatic role in that, in that movie because it's, if you've seen the movie, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or he can go in the direction of Bleeding Steel and Kung Fu Yoga. <laughs> this is... This is not Bleeding Steel. It's it Kung is, Fu Yoga? Is it? <laughs> you know, miles away from Bleeding Steel. Uh, it's it's not Kung Fu Yoga. It's, it is, a, it, the ending does get really silly, but uh, this is probably one of his better uh, modern movies, I would say. All right. Yeah. So would you say satisfactory, so kind of recommend? Uh, yeah. If you're mildly curious to see how Jackie Chan, you know, he's an an older guy now you know if you want to see if you still got it he's there he's got a few moves in there no i'll give it to him i'll definitely give it to him uh so another movie i saw that actually came out this year 2020 which thoroughly disappointed me was seized okay. and this is the reteaming of scott atkins and isaac okay. on their like 15th and man movie. <laughs> i yeah and after we've you know spoken about undisputed three you know ninja shadow of a tear uh, I I was really really looking forward to this one, and then I started. I I didn't watch it when it came out, but I started to notice that no one was talking about it. <laughs> and after I watched the movie, I could kind of see just forgettable? why. It's just bad. Yeah, it's pretty forget. It's pretty forgettable. There's not really any fights. I they they had to turn it more into a gunplay uh. sort of thing, and I don't think Isaac Florentine is really that kind of director. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's kind of forgettable. I think the most interesting part of the movie is Mario Van Peebles is, uh, the oh. bad guy and he, you know, he's a very charismatic yeah, right, right. actor. So I think he, he, he was probably the most memorable thing about that movie just because he's a really, you know, he's a pretty good actor. Um, <laughs> I made a joke on Twitter about this. The most memorable fight scene in this movie is Scott Atkins' son giving him verbal lip in the beginning of the film. <laughs> uh, okay. So, but that, that's it? That's the only reason to, to even watch it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the most memorable fight for me. Yeah, like, I I think that the Isaac Florentine, Scott Atkins, I, I feel like there's always a duo that every performer, like, big-name performer right now has to have, right? There, there, It's, like, kind of their 
their right hand man and, and when you put the two together it, it usually works right so and like with when they're not together it might chances are it'll be more hit or miss uh, everyone loves tony jaw right tony jaw is the man but it's really pa- him and panarita cry that duo made his movies work like think of a really good tony jaw movie without him without pa- pana it's like uh yeah see that uh detective chinatown three so anyways <laughs> uh, <laughs> i haven't seen that yet and i actually do want to see it because okay, tony johnson right uh this will all make sense in a second so eco wise has his <laughs> uh has his gareth evans i feel like i'm like what like i like eco too but i'm like what's the last time i saw him in something that didn't have um uh gareth evans involved with the exception of one movie which i was uh headshot i i know you didn't like it but i actually watched it on netflix and i, I had a blast with it um, we might talk about it one day, so I'm just going to leave it as that. I remember watching the movie and I don't, I don't know, like, I, I guess I wasn't really aware of the uh, Indonesian martial arts film style that was occurring because uh, Headshot is actually, I think, I believe it's directed by like a horror mm-hmm. movie director. And so when you watch that film, that right. is gory. That is a, almost excessive gore. And I remember just feeling like, oh, like this is just a little too much like i don't want this for my right. martial arts film i want it to be a right. little grounded in terms of the gore and i think that yeah kind i think of the, the raid definitely set a tone or set a, like a specific style for movies like that so again try and make this all make sense now scott atkins has his isaac florentine right isaac florentine's yeah you know, but that's the thing like they make so many movies that they are more bound to have hits than uh, hit misses than hits uh right i mean scott atkins i think he did five yeah. movies this year so you know like i i'm not you know i'm not being so hard it's just you know it's personally disappointing because i think that they pair well together and after seeing seized it's it's like i, I can't even really recommend it 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 was just kind of forgettable well, one movie that i'm sure you didn't watch uh that and neither I've I've watched yet either is Debt Collectors, the sequel to the original Debt Collector, and I, I that's actually on my list. Uh, but the reason why I didn't watch it yet is because I did not like the original Debt Collector. I think uh, see the original Debt Collector has some fighting in it, but it's mostly just brawls, right? Like just a bunch of like boxing, like 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 street brawls kind of thing. And it basically, he Scott mm-hmm. Atkins plays a loan shark ish character and him and his teammate basically go up to people and just beat the shit out of them throughout the whole movie and the movie feels kind of directionless until the very last 10 minutes of the movie and suddenly every character in the movie acts out a character we've set up the we set up every character as a complete scumbag they don't care about anything and all of a sudden the last 10 minutes everyone develops morals everyone's moral out of nowhere they're like we need to do this one great deed and everyone is going to like be a good guy all of a sudden. Uh, and I'm not spoiling anything in particular, but I don't understand how there can be there could be a debt collectors based on the way debt collector one ends. <laughs> well, I think you might be spoiling it. No, but by I, that no, well, it, alone, it's so. been announced publicly officially that they retcon the ending of the first movie. And I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Oh. I don't. I never heard anyone doing that. <laughs> like in the middle. Well, whatever. So. Debt Collectors yeah. 2, uh, that's, how I, uh, that's on my radar, and uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But Debt Collectors 1, I personally wouldn't recommend that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to watch it anyway. So. Uh, Savage Dog, actually, I, I watched, and that has our your, your boy, Keith David. I think it's Savage Dog, I think. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, that know. Also that also has Isaac Florentine. Elaborate. Uh, it's a Isaac Florentine, Scott Atkins film, uh, and it has Keith David in it. Uh, and he's like, he's clearly the best, the best part of the movie. 
But um, what's his face? Uh, Marcos Zoror is in the movie. Yeah, he's he's the yeah he's he oh, fights really? him at the end. It, it's good. It, it, mm. I actually like this movie. Uh, it's not amazing, but I, I think that's it's it's good for what it is. You know what? Like, like worth to check yeah, it out for the I'd fight. I'd say maybe one day we, we might be able to cover it. Um, it's not amazing, but I think for the quality of like, you know, you know, I'll say it's it's good. You know, I'd say it's check out the film. Mm-hmm. All right, what else? What else have you seen that I have not? Let's see what you got. Zero. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, I watched. Um... I watched this Thai movie called The Kick, and it was interesting because I, so I watched it, and I think it's another Pan Over to Cry movie, and I was, how do I I describe this? Uh, It is about a Korean family living in Thailand who teach Taekwondo, and they're all practitioners, they're, you know, all experts, and they get involved with bad people somehow, and it's about them, like, fighting the bad people as Mm -hmm. a family. And I was watching the movie, and I was kind of getting disappointed with the like the fight choreography. And then it hit me, and I realized that this was a really good children's movie. And to go a little bit further, this would be a good movie to introduce a child to martial mm-hmm. arts okay. movies, because the fighting uh, it's pretty simple, but it still has that you know, kind of pan over to cry, like Thai stuntman touch to it. It's not on the level of something like Bangkok Knockout, which we watched recently, but it features kids and like, it all feels very safe and very like, like something like, uh, you know, like that is, you know, it's not going to shock a child. Like it, it, it kind of, it, it, I don't know if it was uh, advertised or uh, made out to be a children's movie, but it, it feels kind of kid friendly. So like the whole time after, after watching it, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. And then after I thought about it some more, I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I think if you want to get your kid into martial arts films, like this was actually be a pretty good one to start. So it's not Surf Ninjas. It's not. not... (laughs) Yes, yeah, that's the thing. Like the story feels very, very Uh PG, very, very easy to understand, Mm -hmm. kid-friendly. But the action is so much more Mm -hmm. complicated and interesting to watch than something like Surf Ninjas or... All, hey, all those kind of does it, but does it have Ernie films. Reyes Jr.? No, it does not. Okay, it does then not. there you go. No, this whatever. Uh, yeah, okay. That, do you think that we could eventually cover it one day, or is it more like it's a little too basic for our format? Uh, yeah, there is there is a lot of fights, but I feel that the fights are just a mm-hmm. little basic. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you watch Triad Wars? I'm I'm very I'm very surprised by that. I actually have always wanted to watch it. I know that originally it, that inception of that movie was based on something related to SPL, and they just changed the script, and it, it ended up being not the case. Right. It feels like it could be an SPL sequel because Sammo Hung and Wu Jing are in it, and they you know Sammo Hung is the Triad leader again and uh Wu Jing is his right hand man and it just involves you know triad shenanigans <laughs> can't remember you know i can't remember for the life of me uh what happened in that movie but i think what a lot of martial an- martial arts fans take from that film is Wu Jing and Sam Hung fight at the end mm. it's like kind of like a new school versus right. old school right. type right. of thing yeah no that's definitely on radar i think i've seen some of the fights uh, online uh i was hope, hoping to eventually cover it one day but i don't know that's up to you do you think that's it, i don't i don't think so i think you could just f- watch the one fight between them you know there's decent choreography uh i wasn't so crazy about it but it is long enough where you could you know really break things down you know if you wanted to but it's only like i feel it's mm. only that fight 
I can't even remember any of the other fights in the movie. So All right. there you go. All right. Well, let me mention a couple of movies that I've seen that I'm sure you haven't seen yet, Zero. Uh, you might have seen you might have seen my mm-hmm. post talking briefly about the Enter the Ninja series. Uh, which oh yeah, you went on a <laughs> you kind of went on a tirade with Ninja. Oh movies. yeah. I was not there oh, yeah, for any yeah. of that. Uh, the, the ninja mo- okay, so the original ninja movies with uh, Shokusugi, Kane Kosugi's father. Uh, they're they're interesting, you know, like they're they're not high works of art. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of martial art mo- movies are, but the original uh, ninja movies they're just they're just cheesy, you know. And to the ninja one, I think is actually kind of upsetting because they casted a non-martial artist white guy to play the role of the hero meanwhile shokasugi is kind of playing like the rival villain character and you're like he's clearly the only martial artist in the movie why isn't he the hero because he's not white because you know it's it's the 80s well i mean that this was like what the 80s 90s yeah i mean yeah no one was was casting you know asian americans or asians and the leads for of course. you know hollywood but they films, couldn't even so. get a white guy i, I get it who was a martial artist had, and he wasn't but here's the, conf- the confounding part it's not a good looking white guy <laughs> it's like i thought they would <laughs> hire like the incredibly char- charismatic charming looking man to play the skilled martial artist it's not even the case so i feel like the first movie is kind of forgettable because the as a result the action kind of suffers shokasugi's barely in the movie mm. either oh yeah shokasugi uh revenge of the ninja with the second one uh stars shokasugi as a lead role doesn't really have much to do with the first movie at all so you can kind of consider it's completely separate and actually the main reason to watch that is for king kasugi who is seven in the movie and he has like three fight scenes it's great really that's why i want to talk about that you know the whole kid thing okay it's weird because he's beating up a like a scantily clad blonde woman and he's like seven years old it's like he's like going it's 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 great does it feel like like the three ninjas movie where you have obviously child martial artists beating up on adults but you can clearly see there isn't power behind their hits so the adult actor has to like overcompensate for that and they're like they're kind of overdoing it Zero. To, to make they it even seem do that real. with the adult performers. <laughs> that that's American. <laughs> that's American uh, styled martial arts movies. They, they, they just they oversell. Mm-hmm. They try to overplay the impact of the hits, and actually feels more fake. But I mean, it is a kid, so they have to. They kind of have to ham it up with the the impact. But it's excusable if you have a little bit of that like wink wink like to the audience vibe to it. It's like yeah, we know that it's like you have to acknowledge the fact that he's seven and for a seven-year-old let's just say he's coordinated okay <laughs> like i wouldn't say it's <laughs> well i mean he's the he's the father son. or he's the son of a yes. great martial artist and he you know he has gone on to do you that know martial arts films so uh and then i don't even want to talk about ninja 3 the domination it's not worth it to talk for our format it's fucking bizarre it is weird uh it's almost I know it gets mentioned so on a lot movies. of like kind of bad movie. It's lists, not. It's not that so. bad though. Uh, I. It's not worth it to talk about for our format because I don't think there's enough fighting in it that you'd say that it's uh, you know worth covering as a martial arts movie. But it's just bizarre and it's fucking all over the place. And it it it's suddenly the series took takes on a supernatural element. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna <laughs> leave it as that. And uh, two other movies that I watched. <laughs> I actually complained to you about... So I started watching... I was trying to watch Big Brother, and I guess I clicked on the wrong thing. 
The yes. Donnie Yen they, film. I tried to watch that, and I clicked on the wrong thing, and I got halfway through this really bad movie about time travel with Donnie Yen in it. I'm like, when does he go to the school? I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm like, I don't understand this. And then I just realized, I sat through, ha- sat through half of Iceman. <laughs> oh, like, no! shit. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Wait, is it the aren't there like yes. two ice mans like one one's okay and one's no, really this, bad the ice man sucks too oh okay yeah, it's, it's pretty awful uh i i don't oh, I, I think it's just bad because of the story didn't didn't like the period piece armor give it away that he's was, not going to teach like, in high he school travel to the school or something or i don't understand like when does that happen <laughs> uh, i got halfway through it so i i i, I had to stop because like, i can't i can't do the rest of this um, but then the mm-hmm. funny thing is, I was like, okay, fine, let me correct myself, and I p- finally put on Big Brother. Uh, I put put it on, and then that movie was so bad as well <laughs> that I started to skip through it. I'm like, I kind of want to go back to Iceman. <laughs> I, wow, wow. I, I, I know Iceman is notorious for being yeah. really bad, well, I, so that's yeah. saying something. Anyways, so Big Brother uh, came out, what, the same year as Enter the Fat... No, no, I'm sorry. Didn't it come out like... Yeah. Enter the Fat Dragon. I think they came out I think the same so. year. Last year, right, technically. Right. Well, if you're talking Hong Kong releases, that gets confusing. Well, Big Brother mm-hmm. is... Um, <laughs> well, how did I describe it? it it's like... Um, is it Dangerous Minds? You know, is it like, you know, Foreigner or goes into class to teach troubled youth, wins them over with blank? Bill Burr said it best. <laughs> How many times are they going to make this fucking movie? And that's that's this that's this movie. That's how I felt the entire time. It's like what like they don't even try to change it up. It's like the same fucking formula which is oh, they're troubled dudes. They're all complete shit, pointless like dirt of society, you know, and they're but then it turns out they're very confused and troubled uh miscreants. Oh, 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 sorry to cut you off. Is this just the Donnie Yen version of Only the Strong? Mm-hmm. You know, no, like Mark Dacascos no. goes to the school and teaches a troubled youth, teaches him capoeira, and then, you know, everything no. is hunky-dory no, and no, no. saves, it's saves not, their it's, lives. It's, only the Strong looks like uh, Citizen Kane compared to this. Uh, no, no, Big <laughs> oh, Brother literally is like that Hillary Swank movie where she like goes to the school and stays. It's like, it's like textbook is exactly what you'd expect. Like, there's no, there's no... There's no gimmick to it. But isn't there, there fights? Are, well, in this let me movie get to then? that. <laughs> they uh, okay, okay. so the first hour, the first hour of the movie, there are no fights in the movie whatsoever. There's nothing mm-hmm. happening. It's just all, it's basically set up for like uh, Donnie Yen proving to be the cool the cool teacher. He's like, oh, I'm, this is like Dead Poet Society, except you know I know martial arts <laughs> instead of poetry. <laughs> uh, and it's like everyone loves him and they're gonna you know gravitate towards him and then there's one but like you're sitting there i'm like when does the fucking fighting happen because the dialogue and the characters suck so like i need i need this to be better and also like donnie yen is acting like mr flanders the entire movie and so it's just uh, it's, okay. it's like it gets kind of annoying after a while and then once you get toward the the 50 minute mark donnie yen and this little boy they get ambushed by a bunch of a bunch of like uh, people around him, and you're like, and he, and then Donnie Yen picks up a cleaver, and you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? And then he immediately puts down the cleaver, and I'm like, fuck you, movie. I like flipped off the movie, I flipped, <laughs> flipped off the screen. I'm like, fuck you. 
And then uh, we don't get fighting until around the two-thirds mark in the movie. So not until the last act of the film do you actually start getting actual fights. And I kind of want to spoil the ending just because of how stupid it is. Uh, well, there you there's, go. There's your warning. warning. Go ahead. I, I wasn't going to watch it, so uh, the, spoil away. The final fight happens with between Donnie and... Well, he, he, he takes on a couple people in, in the school with a bunch of henchmen. There's a lot of frenetic editing and camera work that I'm not a fan of. But he fights the, the final boss, who is the mafia leader or triad leader. And turns out that triad leader is someone that Donnie Yen used to pick on. And he's he, oh, he's only twist. the triad leader because Donnie Yen broke his arm as a kid. And now he can't play piano. And But there's something... I mean, that's karma, right? That's yeah, karma and then, for so you. So when the triad leader is like, kill me, kill me. Donnie Yen stabs his own leg for some reason <laughs> instead. And he just walks away. And then the move, uh, like, was was Donnie Yen an aspiring like soccer player? You know, I don't know. Like, oh, I took I took away your arm, so you can't play piano. I'm gonna take away my leg, so I, you know, I can't be the next. I don't know. I've no fucking clue. I, I, yeah, you know how like other movies of this genre, they feel like if they're gonna have a gimmick, it needs to play well, play nicely (laughs) with the fact that it's a it's that kind of movie where about a teacher coming in to say like kind of redeem the students this movie has literally two movies just like squished together but they're not they're not they don't meld together because as soon as he's done stabbing his his the, the scissor or shank is inside his leg he walks away and then the next scene he's back in school teaching teaching class but you're like what happened to the the, the half beaten <laughs> the half beaten triad leader that was in the room like what happened to him like he wasn't arrested like nothing there's no consequence for the fight oh they don't like properly there, there's, yeah there's it. no resolution for anything the movie's dumb <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah Got and it. the last thing i want to talk about before i want to talk about this one gem that i watched um i don't know maybe we can go on for, for days but uh there's a series of mma movies that i watched and um we might be able to cover one particular one uh one particular series is never back down uh i might i might michael yes, White, from right? the second one onwards so second and third mm-hmm. uh we might talk about these movies uh, eventually but i think the the basic premise of what i'm about to say kind of stems from the fact that like i just generally think that mixed martial arts movies are generally not good movies <laughs> They're generally not <laughs> okay. good movies because uh, I've watched a, a, a bunch of them back to back, hoping to actually find like Diamond in the Rough. I watched uh, We Are Legends. Uh, it's a Hong Kong movie. It's very barely known. Oh, it came out yeah, recently. Oh, you right? know about it. Yeah, I think I, I sent you guys. I think oh, I sent it's you guys awful. Trailer for that. It's awful. It's well, awful? See, he, oh, so I think bad. this is a, a recurring recurring thing that we, you and I talk about all the time. Like, unfortunately, the mixed martial arts community, as, as effective and as great as their the martial arts is, uh, it's like a, it's a bunch of meatheads and jock, like, like you know, meatheads, you know, like stereotypically. stereotypically I mean, like we'll if you say. listen to a Joe Rogan podcast, I mean, come on. <laughs> like, you, you know what kind of... <laughs> person we're talking about like they're basically just like all obsessed uh, obsessive and they're like extremely aggro and that's what we are legends is the whole movie everyone is just so angry and so angsty throughout the whole film and i really hate it (laughs) that's that's uh, (laughs) and that that's that's it it. like 
yeah, that's really it. Like everyone is so unlikable. There's no one you can really root for. Like that. That's my personal take. Like I, I think every character is irredeemably right. awful. Even the so once mm-hmm. the one character gets taken out of the movie for whatever reason, his little brother comes into fray and kind of steps up for him. Uh, and once that happens, you're expecting the little brother who was kind of like quiet, a little bit shy before to be, you know, like a more, more redeemable character. No, he's also an asshole. Every character in this movie is like aggressively asshole-ish, if that's a word. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really recommend that. So as I was going through all these MMA movies and I realized like every one of them like has these, these, these terrible tendencies and portraying these characters as just douchebags. Then I watched Warrior with uh, Tom Hardy. Yeah, I like that movie a lot, actually. This one, this one uh, pulled it back. This one uh, redeemed itself. Because this one is a movie where they're showing mixed martial arts, but they aren't douchebags, right? So the, the characters seem like decent human beings. They're actually fighting for something. You know, they, they seem like they're, mm-hmm. they're they're fighting for something that they deem worthwhile. Like one, for example, like he's Tom Hardy is fighting for uh, his his army buddies' uh, family, uh, their prize money, and. Oh my god, I forgot the other guy's name. Shoot. Uh, yes, Joel, Joel Edgerton. He's fighting for, um, I guess, kind of like his own pride, basically. Um, but, you know, like, it's interesting because they're, they're they're related. So, like, you actually understand their fam- family dynamic, how how skewered and how estranged their relationship is. But, like, you actually feel for it. And the drama is there to support the action, which isn't the greatest, unfortunately, uh, because it, it's a drama first and martial arts movie second. Um, so, I don't think we should mm-hmm. ever really cover it, but I think that we should at least mention it because I think that the movie is just an overall it's overall well done and uh yeah cool. that uh, mixed martial arts movies uh they have yet to impress me and uh mm. yeah I see i i would like to see a movie with mixed martial arts but not necessarily take place in the mm. octagon you know like like strictly use mixed martial arts but like you know it, it's like with karate kid just because you, your movie is is focusing on karate doesn't mean it always has to take place true. in a tournament or a dojo, you know, take it out, do something else with the setting, or, you know, just right. go somewhere else. Same with MMA movies, like, you don't always have to be in the octagon, you don't always have to be in the ring, you know, there can be fighting in the streets, or you could do something like uh, Beyond Skyline with Iko and oh, yeah. Yayan. I don't know what that is. This, so Skyline was a movie that came out a while ago, and it was a very, very, very low-budget Independence Day-esque uh, little okay. sci-fi film uh-huh. strictly sci-fi action sci-fi shot on like a five hundred thousand dollar budget and then it got like and then it got picked up by hollywood and they gave it like you know a couple million for the uh-huh. special effects for the sequel uh the story moves to indonesia because one of the alien spaceships crashes there there's humans inside they team up with eco and they are fighting Rubber men in suits at the end using slots. Interesting. All right. It is. That sounds like fun. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take your reserve silence. It's so it's so weird. Um, I actually a lot of people. I remember when the first movie came out, a lot of people were being really, really hard on it, and because of those reviews, I kind of dismiss it. Uh, Beyond uh, Skyline Three is coming out, uh, I believe, mm-hmm. next year. And so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, you know, a lot of the, a lot of Twitter people were saying, uh, saying positive things about it. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll check out the first two. I very surprisingly liked the first one, considering how low budget it was and how it's shot on like pretty much like one location and what they did with it, I thought was very impressive. 
and I was like, oh man, like I, I wish I didn't really listen to those overall reviews because considering what they did, I thought it was good. I was a little disappointed that for the sequel, they added martial arts in it because it is about aliens in giant spaceships that suck up people into their spaceships and they take out their brains. So that is a story point. <laughs> so it's a martial arts movie featuring space aliens and there's fighting in it. Uh, so this is still more of a, this is still meeting that premise better than jujitsu. Which is literally yeah. the same story, except it fails in every way. Okay, got it. Okay, so maybe I'll just yeah, watch that instead. Yeah. Much, much, much better than that's not a, uh, that's not a high bar to, to, to beat. That is true. So my disappointment is that the movie starts out like a normal sci-fi alien action movie, and then like halfway through, they crash mm -hmm. in Indonesia. There are some fights here and there, but then all the you know all the hand-to-hand -hand stuff doesn't really come mm -hmm. towards the end. And I don't feel like it melded okay. very well because it seems like it's trying to take itself seriously. But then you have, you know, Eco, you know, taking his karambit, you know, <laughs> using it to fight men in rubber suits. And like that melding of genres didn't okay. really work. All right, all right. Well, uh, I don't know. It seems like we can keep going. Uh, I see that you saw Hobbs and Shaw. Do you even want to talk mm -hmm. about that? <laughs> <laughs> like, well we were talking no, about all the fast no. and furious movies for that. Oh, on that on that topic yeah well yeah there there is fight choreography in it uh jason statham is in it he is a you know he's always very very competent on screen when it comes to his fight choreography um i think i'm just not a fan of the rocks charm no wait, is the rock in this yeah. <laughs> oh yes he is he is yeah, I just, I don't know, like, uh, I, I think, you know, he, he does the box office action movies very well. I, I could really care less about him. But uh, they are just, they're, you know, this movie is like a big dick swinging contest. Like, well, that's, who's that's the, the manlier it, right? man? It's like, well, I mean, if it's set yeah. in the whole Fast and Furious franchise universe, then yes, it, it's a very self-aware, um, uh, like, franchise. They know what they're they're catering towards. They're like, they know that they're meant to be stupid movies. But, like, they're just, like, completely mm -hmm. leaning into it. Well, since you talked about uh, Jason Statham, I mean, what do you think about the Transporter movies? Uh, those are kind of fun you know turn so off your brain kind of dumb <laughs> action yeah same thing I, I would recommend the transporters hmm. over Hobbs and Shaw like Hobbs and Shaw just becomes a really big right. dumb Hollywood action film in the end I, I was just kind of watching it because I know um I think some 87 right. 11 guys uh, worked on that so uh there are a few fights in there and they're, they're you know they're just fine nothing really memorable for me personally uh, Transporter uh, 1 is kind of funny because there is a fight scene where Jason Statham just oils up his body. He, you, and, and the floor is also oiled up and he uses uh, bicycle pedals to his advantage. So he is like stepping on top of the oil, but because he has that lift of the bicycle pedals, he is not slipping while oh, the okay. other fighters around him are kind That's of kind like... Of Sliding all over the place. Very, very inventive. It's just, it, it looks like so weird though because he literally pours oil all over himself. So it's like, are they trying to cater to the girlfriend who was dragged in for this, you know, this Someone weird kind of macho just movie? Just light him on fire. <laughs> <In the> fire. <laughs> <laughs> that, that could have happened. That could have very, very uh, easily Is it like happened. Crank? Nah. No, it's not like Crank. Crank is just like crazy, oh, well, that's not the like, premise insane. Of that. 
we- weirdness. Uh, all yeah. right, all right. Um, Zero, you and I both watched uh, Perfect Weapon. Perfect Weapon. Um, and I think we should talk about this now because otherwise we will never talk about this, I think. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie was kind of forgettable yeah. minus one big aspect. <laughs> Which, which, well, like you well we were sitting out. there and we just saw, uh, we, we saw Mako, uh, he was talking to, uh, Dante Bosco, and I was like, oh shit, it's Zuko and Iroh. And we just, like, both, like, just went into a, a frenzy. Um, and that's it. That, mm. that's all. <laughs> that's the only reason to watch it. Uh, it's <laughs> unfortunate it. because I was listening again to Art of Action with Scott Atkins, and he had Jeff Speakman on, uh, he, him being the starring role of this movie. And he himself has said that this is, was the pinnacle of his career. Jeff really didn't really bounce back after a couple of debacles in his movie uh, career. So, you know, Perfect Weapon was like the highlight of his uh, his whole tenure as an actor. And I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, there's really not much here that I can really latch on to. It's just, it just feels like... It's, a, it, it's okay for an but, American action yeah. movie of that time. You know, like I can... You know we're we're kind of spoiled because you know we're, yeah. we're you know we're kind of watching lots of be- I don't want to say better but um, you know thing uh, things going on overseas are really really nailing what at least for me should it, how yeah. action should yeah. be filmed like America is only I feel like America yes. now is only now catching up to how Hong Kong was correctly doing it and yeah Perfect Weapon it you know it's an American movie showcasing martial arts and i feel like they just didn't get it at the time the martial arts performers were all very competent but i think the whole way of filming where you have three cameras filming the entirety of one fight scene is not how you should do it and that is exactly right, how right. Yeah, americans that's, film that's that's fine and all I, I completely i'm completely aware of it unfortunately i watching this with the eyes of a more modern martial arts fan uh so it kind of just blends in with all a lot of the other american-made movies that we've talked about and like even in modern times where it feels like okay well it's a little slow the choreography is kind of masked behind a lot of the, the editing techniques uh and the slower paced action so you know like i i'm i'm forgiving of it but at the same time i'm also saying like it's not really in my opinion it's not really worth it to go check it out I, it's not a glowing recommendation it's more like it's more like if there's any sort of recommendation it would come from a place of watch it if you appreciate martial arts movies and history but if i would say like go watch you know if you want to watch a movie that's like balls to the wall action it's like that's oh, not really the the movie i would recommend yeah uh yeah unfortunately for me as well the only real big standout is that we kind of see a young Dante Bosco and Mako, you know, the real life actors who uh, portray the characters from Avatar on the screen together. Like, I didn't even realize that they did this movie. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's fun as a fan of Avatar has, to see Well, them while Mako is still alive, hey, you could probably go up to Dante Bosco anyways and be like, hey, what was it like working with Mako during Perfect Weapon? <laughs> uh, and be like, what, what movie? <laughs> no one knows what that movie is. Uh, if you squint really hard, you can see Mako with a pie show board on it. <laughs> uh yeah um i guess this episode has gone long enough and also we can go on for forever because there's plenty of movies that we can talk about and there well we still want to save some movies for next year well yeah yeah, well the the idea behind this episode was like you know what what did we watch during 2020 because we were all confined you know to our apartments to our houses etc and so i'm sure everyone was watch you know in taking a lot more film and tv uh, so I just wanted to highlight everything that we watched that had martial arts in it or martial arts related that we didn't give 
a right, right. you know its own episode which is yeah. generally uh, we'll i'll do. end this off well like i mean we may i'll end my portion of this off with with one movie i actually did like a lot um so a couple weeks ago i watched a couple of japanese movies uh hint hint uh you'll know what a, a hint int is for in a couple episodes from now um so i watched a couple of japanese movies the more uh well-known older films right i watched a couple of the uh, well i watched two zatoichi films and those are movies that like all the kurosawa era of Japanese movies are things that are incredibly iconic for not only Japanese film history but for all of film film history in general like uh, like westerns in general would not exist if it weren't for Kurosawa we get that right but in, in terms of our format it is so hard to cover samurai movies uh because they're they're not really choreographed it's more like what is essentially what is a western like how who, who's the fastest draw um so the zatoichi movies they're great they're they're great movies all in all um they're a little slow on the slower pace side because they were made in the 50s and 60s but and they're incredibly long like three hour fe- uh, feats yeah they're very long oh my god <laughs> but uh i do recommend uh like going check them out I, that's why i'm doing right now i'm gonna, I'm gonna go through all the zatoichi films and maybe eventually we'll if I find something worthwhile, we'll, we'll cover it in the future. But on that note, and this is a really long tangent to get to the movie I want to talk about, it got me down the rabbit hole. And there's one movie that I actually fell in love with uh, uh, a couple of days ago when I watched it. Lady Snowblood. Uh, oh, right, right. Isn't that the movie that uh, yes, yes. inspired Kill Bill? Mm-hmm. One, one of yes. the movies? So this movie is it's very much style over substance. It's so it's a beautiful movie um and at, at times i kind of forget that it's an action movie i mean obviously it is an action movie but like you, you can't sometimes forget like how how artful cinematography can be while like still maintaining the fact that like oh it's kind of it's still supposed to be like a a non-stop ish uh blood fest right you know you see a lot of like over uh, over saturated mm-hmm. colors over saturated reds on screen it's like incredibly stylized um but like all in all like even though the movie doesn't have much choreography in ways of choreography um i think that the movie is just an overall good time i think that there's a reason why this movie was heavily borrowed from uh for kill bill volume one in fact like the score was taken from it uh i think there like the the score was taken from it the entire backdrop of kill bill volume one the final fight is literally taken from this movie um the entire set and everything and i think it's a great film like i I highly recommend it. I don't think I'm doing it any justice. I, I think everyone should go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Is there, so is there a reason that you because didn't no want fighting. to save it for an episode? Not, like, was there just no, not enough? It's fight? not really fighting. Oh, there's no fighting. It's, more like, ah. uh, it's, it's not choreography, you know, like there's nothing to delve into, but I think the movie okay. is just so okay. well done. Right. I, I mm. kind of fell in love with the movie. So, yeah, okay. I'd say, yeah, that, that's been on my list. I've been, I've been curious. I just never, mm-hmm. you know, got around to it, but yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll check it out soon. I mean, it's better than Enter the Eagles. <laughs> I just felt like you dropping that. <laughs> oh, man, man. Uh, maybe maybe I'll end on that. Enter the Eagles. I had so much high hopes for that. It is <laughs> Benny the Jet. It is Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter. Uh, Michael Wong's in it. Uh, and I believe Corey yeah, Glenn yeah. Oh, is Yeah, oh, my God, director. I forgot about that part, yeah. And, like, like it's got so much... I mean, like, you know, I'm not really familiar with Shannon Lee's filmography, but like, you know, like the names, like you you know, your eye, your ears are like, wait, what? And unfortunately, it's just not good. You know, choreography is not Michael really Wong there. So uh, Shannon Lee fights Benny the Jet. Role. He's trying to play that very sl- slick. He's trying to play that very slick 
like leading man character. I'm not saying that he can't, but it's just he wasn't right for this particular role, uh, the way that he was written, at least. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, and ah, uh, it's also a heist fucking, movie. Yeah. Your favorite type of movie. <laughs> yep. There are other. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Let's not let's not end on that note. Zero. What is your what was your favorite movie from last year? Like, if you had like a highlight to point out that we we didn't or will not cover. Uh, well, I I would want to save it for our oh, okay. end of year episode if okay. we're if we're if we're right. gonna do it like we'll, that. We'll save it for later then. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh God, is there anything else we want to cover? I mean, I, I think we can kind of leave it at that, right? Yeah, we spoke about you know spoke a lot of model, a lot of movies, a lot of things we watched this year. Uh, looking forward to you know 2021 because this year has been an absolute dumpster fire. But at least we got some Zero, visual you know entertainment out of the it. Best. <laughs> you know what's actually my fr- sorry, I, I misspoke. Lady Snowblood isn't the best movie of last year. The best movie is gonna be our next episode. Merry Christmas, oh, everybody! Right. Teaser, <laughs> teaser. Yeah, it's it's gonna be our Christmas present to you. So you know, stay tuned. Oh my Smash God. that like button. You know, and hit go the subscribe our, on our bell. Patreon because uh, we need. Yeah, go to our Patreon. Go to oh, our yeah. OnlyFans page. 